today on Piecemeal, we are joined by Ken Capobianco for an episode in our recovery series. Keep in mind that our recovery series may feature content that mentions eating disorder symptoms, thoughts, and behaviors. Please use your own discretion when listening and speak with your support system as needed. But back to Ken. Ken is an award-winning music critic whose work has appeared in the Boston Globe, Billboard, the New York Times, and many more publications. For over 20 years, Ken dove headfirst into the rock and music culture to find career success, all while battling the little-known illness, anorexia. Ken suffered from anorexia for 30 years until it was so severe that it caused a stroke that nearly killed him. And despite living with a severe eating disorder for all those years, Ken joins us today on Piecemeal, healthy, in recovery, and with a new book titled Call Me Anorexic, The Ballad of a Thin Man. Welcome, Ken. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, Claire. It's very nice. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're happy to have you on. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your new book? Yeah, my book is a fictional account of um, my years in my 20s in Boston. Uh, when I uh, first really uh, kind of spiraled into serious anorexia, um, I had uh, just gotten my master's degree um, from Tufts University. And what I use it um, that period as a springboard to explore um, anorexia and, and try to make it the experience from a male point of view palpable, um, his relationship with his living girlfriend, uh, and how it basically destroyed that and all the collateral damage, um, while exploring the thoughts and feelings, um, that made, uh, it almost impossible to, to live. I mean, I just kept losing weight. And, uh, as in the book, we see Michael at the very end at the, at the low point. Um, the book begins uh, when his girlfriend, Jesse, leaves him and um, he goes into uh, a, a very, very bad period and his brother-in-law and sister-in-law, um, his brother-in-law is a famous writer and uh, a music critic, uh, a, a national famous uh, music critic and a, a, a novelist. And his wife, uh, his sister-in-law, uh, Monique, is a um, model. She is a, a, f- a retired fashion model. And they help him get into therapy. And what happens is the book is a semi-comical. It's not a straight-up recovery novel. It's, it's, it's quite humorous. And it, it, it looks at how Michael reconnects with the world. Um, and, and begins his recovery. It, 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 it traces how he makes friends and, 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 and tries to uh, figure out who he is. I mean, it's really about identity. Um, you know, it's, it, the first line is uh, called Call Me Anorexic, um, uh, take off of Moby Dick's Call Me Ishmael, um, because that's how he identifies himself at the very beginning of the book. Uh, as anorexic, and then ultimately it's his journey to um, make make uh, understand that that's not who he is. That he's uh, Michael, the person, and you know Michael, the, the uh, writer. Ultimately, the writer, um, perhaps the writer, but he's trying to be a writer, and 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 
the uh, friend and uh, um, perhaps in a relationship with someone else. So it's it's just his his journey to discover who he is and and get healthy. Okay, so the character in the book identifies as anorexic. In your experience, did you identify as anorexic right away, or when did you make that transition? I think I started identifying as anorexic basically very early. I I, I started becoming really delving into heart for my move from healthy dieting which i started when i was 16 17 into into starvation re, real uh restriction um was around 19 18 19 and right around 19 years old uh, when the doctors sort of said okay i think you better think about the idea of anorexia and I, I, I obviously knew about Karen Carpenter, um, and I said, "Okay, no, that that can't be me. I, that's for women." I mean, I was I was a guy, and uh, I, I I was to- went into total denial, even though I was restricting all day long. And I then did a lot of reading on it, and I said, "Okay, this is who I am." And um, then I saw a doctor uh, around when I was 23, and she she said, "Okay, can you have a you have? I I want you to understand that this is uh, anorexia is a serious serious problem, and um, you, you really need to figure out what you're going to do because it's it's it it can kill you." And um, from there on, as I started losing weight because I went into a very bad depression. Um, I did. I was in a relationship I didn't want to be in um, w- with my girlfriend, and and I lost weight. I mean, I just you know went down and to a point where I just said, okay, yeah, this is who I am. I, I kind of like this. I'm I'm anorexic. Yeah, and it became it became my identity. To be honest with you, uh, for for quite a while because I, I held on to it because I was afraid to change. I liked, um, scarily, I liked being thin, very thin, even though I was horrified by what I was seeing in the mirror. Um, I was paralyzed to really move on and make changes. So I identified, I, I, I have to be honest with you, I, I identified quite early on when I'm in my 20s as anorexic. And, and really, it never, it didn't change until I recovered uh, close to 30 years later. So when did you make the change from considering anorexia an identity that was fine and that you could live with to realizing that you did need help? Um, well, I, I was in... I went to therapy. The problem was I was in therapy throughout my 20s, but it was a disaster because the doctors at that time had no clue. Um, I was a guy, and they were basically kind of bamboozled. Um, they They were treating it as if it was, okay, you're just depressed or or. Or you've got they ne- they didn't really understand how to treat. 
they were, I think they were working on, I mean, they were working on how to figure out how to treat women at that time. And a, a man, they, they, so they, they were like either applying things they knew about women um, to me, and it really didn't tap into my issues, well, which a lot of the issues, obviously it dealt with control, it dealt with self-esteem, but it also dealt with, um, for me, it was a fear of letting go, um, fear, and, and that included, you know, sexuality, um, and, and they didn't, uh, you know, uh, from a male point of view, um, uh, which, you know, goes all the way back to um, my late teens. Um, and I, I th- when I first started getting involved with women, um, it was a, there was a tremendous fear as a heterosexual man. Now, I, I can only speak as a heterosexual man um, of this fear of letting go because it, it reminded me of um, eating. My big fear was if I eat this, I will never stop. I felt that um, I was ultimately going to just keep eating and eating and eating. And that, you know, that kind of fear also translated to my, my, my sexual life also. Um, and, and so it was all very, very complex and, and complicated. And so they ended up giving me drugs. That's what they did. They, they, they zoned me out. Um, I spent maybe two, three years on these, these primitive kind of, at this time, print at that time, primitive, primitive drugs. All it did was make me feel like a zombie all day. I slept. I, I lived in a, a complete daze. I was taking a lot of drugs and I said, Hey, I don't feel good. I, I, I want to think. You know, I, I want to write. I, at that time, I was a burgeoning writer. I was not a published writer. Um, and they just kept competing me drugs. They didn't know what to do with me. From that point, when did you actually start recovery? Uh, I didn't recover until I, after I had my stroke. I had, I, had, uh, I had a major stroke at 45. And um, I... Lost all feeling in the left side of my body, and I was in the hospital for four and a half months. And I, I was a, the my weight was, I, I mean, basically I was beneath seventy pounds. Let me put it that way. Um, and I, my they they said, okay, you're you you have to, you have to eat. And the thing is, they didn't force me. I was famished and I realized, okay, basically I thought my life was over. I was in a hospital. I couldn't feel the left side of my body. I couldn't do anything. And, uh, so I just said, okay, I yielded at at that point and I was terrified to eat, but they brought me food and I said, okay, I've got nothing. What, what do I have to lose here? Um, I'm going to die. Uh, you know, everything was wrong. I mean, really, there were so many things wrong. I, I was quite lucky because I didn't lose, um, you know, cognitive function, didn't lose my speech. Um, but um, everything on the left side of my body was gone. And I had to relearn, relearn how to walk and relearn everything. 
Um, but um, so I started, I ate and I, uh, I gained uh, uh, enough weight. I mean, I gained a, a good, I got up to about 119. I never forget, I know the numbers in my head, you know. I got up to 119 um, from my on my own eating. And um, as, as I was working through rehab and everything, and what happened was um, you think after that, I would never start restricting again. Um, I was on Long Island. I was, because I was helping my mother. What happened was I had gone really what, what exacerbated my anorexia to lead to the stroke and lead to that such a low weight was I went home uh, in Long Island from Boston. I left my job. Um, my, uh, my, I left my friends and I went to help my mother who was dying of cancer. And that was a mistake because I ended up in my old house and um, my old demons, all the old demons were there. And what happened is so after I got out of the hospital on Long Island, uh, there was really nobody there to help me. And um, my mom died. And I thought, okay, I was, I was, at, I was at a good weight and I was doing well. And I said, okay, I'm never going to restrict. I remember talking to my friends. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm this never going to happen. I learned my lesson. And what happened was I started restricting again and I lost some weight. So what happened is um, I started eating with women and I started eating with my friends. And then I was still, my, my family was still back East. I hadn't seen them in a while. So I started eating and that's, and that's, Basically, it became a routine. It became a quasi-normal way of life, eating again. You know, and that's and that's basically I started uh, eating more and more, and it was slowly but surely, and it was painful, painful. I mean, I would sit in the apartment or walk around on the beach, and I would be panicking. I, I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to gain. I'm going to blow up. You know, I'm I'm going to be everything I, I I avoided. What? Why did I starve 30 years if this is what I'm going to do now? And and go back to just being you know little Ken because I was a little, you know when I was young I was a little bit uh, overweight and that was my fear and it didn't happen. It, it didn't happen. And, and that's how I got, it. that's really how it started. The recovery really started. You're officially in recovery now. What does life in recovery look like for you? Life in recovery. I, I, I'm married. Um, and believe it or not, I'm married to a, an expert Thai cook, an expert Thai chef, uh, which is, which is unbelievable. Uh, I mean, the, the irony of that is just, you couldn't write that in a, in a, in a crazy novel. But the thing is I eat, um, normally, I mean, I really do. I, I don't restrict at all. Um, I don't, um, I, still have the scars. Um, I will say this, there are days I look in the mirror. Uh, I say, okay, are you okay? I mean, it's an old trigger habit. I mean, it's an old habit. You know, it's like, you're okay. You're, you're are you, uh, are you, you're not gaining weight. And obviously I say, stop, stop, just stop, just move on. You know? And, um, my wife, um, 
she is a I will say this she's a very good balance for me I'm I'm a, I'm quite neurotic she's quite kind of zen but and but she she is also um she's encouraging we well, you know, I mean I all the other women I dated I never told of my past and um, because I figured, okay, they're going to think, okay, you're, you're anorexia, you have anorexia, Some, something's going to be a real big problem with, you know, I, you know, you're probably going to, I don't know, you know, what, will you, are you healthy? All those issues. I did, so I just didn't, I didn't do, I just said, okay, I'm thin, rock and roll. I lived in a rock and roll world, still live in a rock and roll world. I was a critic. Um, but I started telling my wife, I, I, before we got married, I told her, I said, listen, I had a very long history because she asked me what, what I was writing. I was writing. I started writing the book and she asked me what I was writing. I said, oh, yeah, OK, I'll let you know what I'm writing. And um, uh, I told her and she was like, oh, OK, you, you're eating now. No, no problem. She was, you know, she couldn't care less. She was like, you're eating now. You're, you're fine. I don't care what happened in your past. And um, uh, so so she she, you know, she knows my past. But she does. She never. She's always like, okay, what do you want to eat? You know, you want to eat this. You want to eat this. You want to eat. But she's she's encouraging me. But she, if if she ever saw me not eat, which never happens, but if she ever did, she she would call me on it. You know, um, because I really don't have the the neurosis around eating. I will say, um, has passed. So it's, 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 it's a, it's a, I'm writing. Um, I'm, I'm, I live my life. I, I can't do some of the things I'd love to do because the stroke was very bad, you know I mean? And, uh, I, I can, um, you know, I, I have no problem normal functioning. Um, but like, uh, the things I love to do, play baseball, run basketball, tennis, all that stuff. I can't because um, uh, the left side of my body, after an extended period of time, goes numb, and also my brain. My brain. It's it's, it's a brain. It's a brain injury, and um, uh, my my head hurts. My so I, uh, you know, and I've obviously my neurologist says, okay, there are just certain limits you can you can you you can't do certain things. So I I, I stay as healthy as I can. I ride a bike, you know, bike and things like that. So. Um, it's, uh, a stationary bike. Um, uh, and, and I, I do, uh, basic, like what everybody else does. One last question before we wrap up as a male who recovered from anorexia, what would you tell other men struggling with disordered eating? I would say, uh, the first thing is to recognize you have a, a problem, um, and get help. Doctors will really help you because I, I I did meet a, a very good therapist. A, a, you know, just before I had my stroke, um, I met a very good therapist who helped me a great deal. And what happened was I applied everything he taught me um, when I moved out here to California. I I I could hear his voice in my head, and I applied everything he taught me. Um, uh, to to um to to recover it was crucial for me to under have an understanding and that's i've tried to include most of that stuff in in the novel all males um need to understand that they're not it's not about um they're weak it's not about they're not men 
It's not about they're not masculine, if that's your issue, you know, a fear of oh, masculinity. It's, it's just a problem. It's just a disorder. It's an illness that, that affects everybody. Um, that affects everybody across, you know, gender, race, whatever. And, and it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of because I was ashamed for a long time. Who am I? What, what am I doing? That's my thought. You know, I, I'm, I'm a man. This shouldn't be happening to me. And I was very, very ashamed. And, and what you have to understand is no shame in this. Get help and, you know, figure out what, what, what do you want to be in your life? Who, how do you want to identify yourself? Um, and, and who are you? That's great advice. Thank you so much for joining us today on Piecemeal, Ken. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Claire. I can't, you know, I just trying to get the word out and for people like you doing such great things for so many people, uh, I can't thank you enough, you know, and I I really, it's so important for me because for so long I didn't have people who were helping other people and helping or was able to help me. And when I see people like you spreading the word and, and informing people and, and giving information, it, it means the world to me. It really does. Thank you. That's so nice of you to say. Piecemeal is an Emily program podcast with new episodes out the first Monday of every month and new recovery series episodes out the third Wednesday. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, or leave us a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. If you'd like to learn more about the Emily program and what we do, visit emilyprogram.com or find us on social media, all at Emily Program. Piecemeal is hosted and edited by myself, Claire Holtz, with music by Dan Forky. As always, we wish everyone well and look forward to when you listen again. 